Danny J. And I'm Jill Coleman. Welcome to the Best Life Podcast. Here, we talk about everything from success, money, relationships, and entrepreneurship to productivity, honest communication, positive psychology, and how to cultivate an abundance mindset. Make money, travel the world, deepen your relationships, live full out. This is the best life. it was that bad the audio last time okay but maybe i don't know maybe the listeners can let us know what's up y'all welcome to another episode of the best life podcast i am your co-host jill coleman what's up and this is danny J. the other Um, co-host the other one (laughs) the other one (laughs) (laughs) um i am excited because i haven't told you this yet but we can and we'll do the big reveal when we have them on but i've actually been in talks with a couple of people to uh for interviews to get them on some big names and i'm excited to uh to for them to share some 40 plus content big names big names like like michelle obama big names or big... no she's our she's our <laughs> big, what's it called like our reach guest or, or big remember names. like in college like you had a reach school michelle obama's our reach guest <laughs> okay we could get her i feel like yeah i'm sure we could um yeah so you have been traveling i have been traveling i know you were just at a mastermind your mastermind not your mastermind but your the mastermind you're in recently. And, um, I saw some stuff you were posting on threads and also I wanted to chat with you about it just because I'm nosy, but, um, there were some, there were some guests there that were really cool. And I just wanted to hear a little bit about it. So I figured we can record so I can hear and everyone can hear. We can all be nosy. (laughs) Everyone can be nosy. But you know, this goes to a larger conversation around like, okay, we're recording this at the end of November. This will probably go live in December. And this is a good time if you're listening to this and you are an entrepreneur, you're a coach of some kind, or you're trying to do that. It is a good time to start to think about, do you want to have some guidance and do you want to have some help next Mm. year in your business? You know, it's always a great time. Right now, I have a lot of people in my DMs being like, I want to work with you. What do you have? Like Mm -hmm. a lot of times we just don't know. And so I always start with like, you know, who do you sort of want to learn from? And number one, it needs to be like kind of a, an energy fit, right? It needs to be sort of like a vibe fit. You and I were in a mastermind together in 2018. And, um, I felt like even though the mastermind we were in wasn't exactly applicable to what we were doing at the time, it was actually more of like a real estate sort of thing, but the people were just dope. Mm -hmm. And it was just like really fun to be in there and to learn from people who are maybe in different disciplines, but like just fucking crushing it. I mean, Danny and I were the poorest people in that mastermind, but it was, it was just really cool to be around people who are doing big things. And so, um, I, I think I've shared this before on the podcast. I'm in James Wedmore's mastermind. I've been in it for three years now and we have three live events every year and so just finished our third one so our last one for the year and James is really good friends with Catherine Zankina who is manifestation babe so if you it's at manifestation babe on Instagram and Catherine and I were actually in a mastermind with Lewis Howes in 2018 she was in the same one as I was and Jasmine Starr was in it and Billy Jean and just like a lot of like Amanda Bucci, a lot of people mm-hmm. um, at that time, Lori and Chris Harder. It was a really interesting like sort of see and be seen mastermind. It wasn't a great fit for me personally, but I met a lot of cool people. And Catherine and I, like we never really like hit it off like from a friend perspective, not because of anything, but she just started absolutely crushing. And so if you guys mm-hmm. follow Catherine, um, <clears throat> she is has a huge business, like, you know, multiple seven figures, if not eight figures. 
Anyway, she came and she was a guest speaker at James's Mastermind. And Danny and I have talked about manifestation on this podcast before. And so I was sort of going into it being like, is this going to all be like fucking imaginary friend time like is this like I was kind of thinking to myself like okay here comes the the smoke and mirrors you know like kind of like priming and getting myself ready for some bullshit to be completely (laughs) honest and what I found very interesting is how grounded Catherine was Mm. and also just like she was cussing and she didn't like talk you know sometimes these these like spiritual people kind of talk with this voice that's like okay like it's she didn't talk like that it was very much like just real and she had this what she was talking about was very much like it was very much just like self-awareness. Mm-hmm. So for example, if, I don't know, maybe you're having a bad day or you're thinking about work or you're stressed about something in your work or your relationship and you start to notice some like um, scarcity energy around mm-hmm. you, like you're kind of like, oh, like, why am I feeling in scarcity? Why You know, everyone kind of knows what that feels like. And Danny, mm-hmm. I've done some episodes for this podcast on how to get out of scarcity, how to be sort of yank yourself out of that feeling. And so someone actually asked her that and was like, well, what do you do when you know, like you truly don't feel like you can like manifest your dreams because you yeah. just have all these sort of negative uh, beliefs and you have these doubts and whatever. And she just goes, I just notice it. And then I just realize that it's not serving me and I just choose a different story. Mm. And she told this story, <clears throat> which really resonated with me. She was in an Uber and this was maybe a couple of years ago. And the Uber driver was asking her like, what do you do? And she was like, oh, I, you know, I'm a manifestation coach and I help people, you know, do visualization and all this kind of stuff to manifest their dreams. And he just goes, oh, so you just lie to yourself? <laughs> and she goes, well... I could lie to myself and tell myself that nothing's possible. That's a lie. Mm -hmm. So I just choose the lie that serves me. And Mm -hmm. so, yes, I do lie to myself, but I choose the lie that serves me. And, you know, she's been able to, she told a story about taking the the, the summer off, like from her business because she just needed to break. She is Mm -hmm. like, has a, a young child and like her entire team did a launch without her and it was a seven figure launch without her. So it was just from like a business perspective was really interesting. And she just goes like deadpan. She goes, And it wasn't even like a bragging way. It wasn't in like a showing off way. She was very humble, but she just said, like, I just know I'm going to be a billionaire. Like, I just know I am. And it's just, she goes, that's just, it's already, it's already written or whatever. And I was just like, it was interesting because I feel like, you know, while I'm not sure that it's really in me to go all in a manifestation because I'm very Mm -hmm. concrete, like I need to know, like, what are the, like, I'm very like strategy driven. Yeah. I was like, I can definitely take, at least from the self-awareness, personal development side, introspection piece. I can definitely take a page out of her book about like choosing. Mm-hmm. And I used to do this a lot more and I've sort of gotten away from it is choosing the perspective that serves me. Mm-hmm. And so when you when I when I notice things like scarcity or doubts or you know and it's hard because you do feel like those things are really true in the moment. We've talked yeah. about that before <laughs> this idea of scarcity. It's like, but Jill, you don't understand. I literally cannot pay my bills. So it's like how do you how do you make believe your way out of feeling in scarcity? And it was just interesting to hear her take on it. And it was also really interesting to, to hear her take on like success and stuff. She wasn't exactly like, like her success was, it wasn't like a prize or whatever. It was just like, this is just the natural way of things. And like, mm. it wasn't because I'm better than or whatever. It's just like, I, there, the word is congruency. That was mm. what it felt like to me. It's like, I am this thing. I teach this thing. I embody this thing. 
And it was very grounded the way she was talking about it. And yeah. I was like, okay, it's kind of like a conversation you and I might have around personal development or introspection or just noticing some things that come up that maybe don't serve us and choosing a different perspective. And I was like, okay. I definitely was like, I can get on board with something like this. And it definitely did not have, because I turn off, you know me, like, and, and I think you're saying, like, the second it becomes this, like, I don't even know what the fuck you're talking about. Yeah. Like, what are you, are you even speaking? Like, what are you even saying? Yeah. I just turn off because I'm just like, now you're just, there's no concrete. Everything is abstract. Yeah. And we see plenty of people like that on social media where I read like a post or I read an ad even. And I'm like, what the fuck are they selling? What are we talking about? So that was really interesting to me and just sort of got me out of the the mindset of feeling a little like things are finite, you know, not not necessarily just mm-hmm. her, but being in a room with people who are seven figure, multiple seven figure, eight figure earners, it changes your for lack of a better word, change your energy. You're like, yeah. oh, okay. Like you leave feeling like it's like more is possible for you. Yeah. And so if you are thinking about joining a mastermind or something, that might be one of the things that just helps you get in the room to be around people, whether it's someone like Catherine or, or someone else who just gives you some possibility. I always leave and I'm just like, oh, actually, why couldn't I, you know, do that? You know, why couldn't I also manifest what I want? Why couldn't I also create this big thing? I don't know what it's going to look like yet. I don't know how to get there. Yeah, I think that's the thing that I always come down to is like, but how though? Mm -hmm. Right? Like, okay, massive business, how? Right? Uh, You know, relationship of your dreams, okay, how? Mm -hmm. Right? Or what are body of your dreams, whatever you want to say, like, but how? Because I'll go, I don't know that I can conceptualize that. And so it was, um, it was just, an interesting reframe and paradigm shift. And I think it's those kind of things are really important. I think it's so easy to sit at your house and just do your shit and just kind of get in a little bit of holding pattern and kind of feeling in a grind. Yeah. So yeah, it was interesting. So, so good. I think the last word I was going to bring this up was paradigm and you just said it, but there is a paradigm shift. It's like our, our paradigm is kind of the world that we live in and exist and what exists for us, right? So maybe in your paradigm, like people don't take private jets and people don't spend that kind of money, but then someone's world, like that is the norm, right? Like all their friends have their own jets and they they travel that way. And so you, when you put yourself in different places and around different people, sometimes those ideas that you have about the world just kind of collapse or break open and there's new things that are possible that you didn't even know were possible. So that's super, super interesting. Also, um, the thing about what she said, the lying to yourself is really interesting. Um, Wayne Dyer, I used to always, <laughs> they were like a CD set. I used to always make people, my co- my clients. I, would, I always forget that you started personal development. You were yeah. like 17. <laughs> I always, something. I know. So I started with tapes, but this was like in the CD era. So Wayne Dyer <laughs> had this six box, I think it was six CDs. It could have been 12, but this CD box set called Excuses Be Gone. And the whole, the whole like frame behind it was if you can choose a thought and your thoughts may or may not be true. Why not choose the thought that is going towards the the thing that you want? So he had this woman in the audience and she's like, I'm overweight. I can never lose weight. He's like, is that true that you can never lose weight? And she's like, well, I just haven't been able to. And she, he's like, well, is it is it true that you can never? And he, she's like, well, no. He goes, okay, how about say the opposite? And she's like, I can lose weight easily. And he goes, is that true? And she's like, well, it hasn't been true for me. She's like, but if neither one of those things are true, why don't you choose to believe the thought that Maybe it doesn't feel as true, but is the one that's going to lead you towards where you want to be. And he just had tons of examples in the audience, just having people stand up and share kind of what their limiting thoughts were. 
And it's such a good reminder, even to myself, because I have gotten down, like, especially the last few years, some really negative thought patterns and spirals that, um, that I know better, but it's so easy to get trapped in those and then find, again, we also find things that, um, affirm. Yeah. That affirm what you're believing. Yes, for sure. So we're looking for those things to make it be true. And then we just keep going down the spiral of making this feel like it's true when in reality, it's not necessarily true. There's very few absolutes in the world that are completely true or completely false always and never. Um, Mm -hmm. so I really love that. It's very, very interesting. And it does sound like the best part about the, the best part about the Uber store, I forgot to tell you was, I guess after she got out of the Uber and she was like in the airport, the dude followed her on Instagram and then messaged her and said, Hey, like that conversation completely changed things for me. Because, oh, she said something like, I think she said something like, you know, something along the lines of like, the story you tell creates your reality. The story mm-hmm. I'm telling myself mm-hmm. has me here doing this. And the story you're telling yourself has you driving an Uber, which was like a little bit harsh. Yep. But <laughs> but then I guess he messaged her and was like – and like kind of followed her and was like, that totally changed my life. Dang. That just like – I know. That's crazy, right? I forgot <laughs> about that part of the story. Yeah. That's a that's a pretty ballsy thing to say, but okay. Yeah. I mean – I know. It's – I mean, wow. Yeah. It's true. Um, yeah. And it sounds like she was really the way you explain it or describe it. It sounds like she was really embodied in what she says and the congruency makes a big difference. I think in how you feel and how your messaging comes across, there is that piece. And that was my curiosity of, is she just full of bullshit, especially a lot of manifestation coaches. I see, it just feels like a lot of bullshit and there's not a lot of embodiment and it feels like a grasping at straws, I guess. So yeah, that's really cool. Like a way to like, I'm going to just manifest this thing and teach you how to manifest. Yeah. We're going to manifest the manifest. It's going to be this like big ass pyramid (laughs) where like there's no checks and balances. Yeah. But it was interesting again, like being in that room and um, just getting out of your comfort zone. I noticed for me, at least for the last few months, I haven't really been doing a lot besides working. Mm -hmm. I haven't really been seeing my friends a lot, you know, and it's not, it's not like I'm depressed or anything. It's just like, I was kind of thinking about it every time I sort of think about, I don't know, calling a friend to go to dinner. I'm like, Oh, like I'm just tired or like, you know what I mean? I'm kind of just been like in this, um, time warp, I feel like with work lately and just getting into a room of like people who are in a different headspace or maybe Mm -hmm. they weren't in a different headspace, but some people were in that room. And I was like, oh yeah, like this one chick was just like, I know anything's possible right now. And she was like in a really good, like aligned place. Mm -hmm. And I, I've, I've been like that in my business at times, Yeah, probably maybe like, I don't know, 5% of the time, not a ton, but you know, usually I'm in a like a logical headspace where I'm like, okay, I'm going to increase my revenue by 10% or 20% in the next year. Like, it's very logical. It's very mm-hmm. like, if this, then that. And so it was an interesting exercise to sort of get out of that and realize that, which kind of brings me to the next part of this story for me was um, just really feeling like I have been watering my stuff down for the last couple of years. Yeah. And I posted this on threads and I think this is maybe what you were talking about, this idea of like a no fucks error. I had said like, I think I'm entering my no fucks error or like zero fucks error, which, you know, 40 plus, I had a lot of people respond. They're like, welcome. I've been here for a while. <laughs> yeah. I think it's easy to say I think it's a lot harder to actually live zero fucks, especially when you do are like, you know, you have an audience and you want to be inclusive and you want to make sure that no one feels bad and whatever. But I just had this moment where I was just like, I am 
who I am. And, you know, you know this and some of my closest friends know how I am. And it's very like, I don't know. I don't, I'm not a big, like, I don't need a lot of pats on the back and I don't need a lot of like downtime and I don't need to be like, oh, that was really hard. And I need to rest now. And like, I just, I'm not like that. I'm like, shit, I like pushing and I like working hard and I like grinding and like, I like hard workouts and like, it's, I'm fairly disciplined. And, and I felt like I haven't really fully shown up like that Mm. because I want to make sure Mm -hmm. that if I post about working hard, that the person who is currently tired, doesn't feel called out. Mm. But I'm like, but that's not me. Yeah. And also that's fine if that's you, Uh but I can't put an asterisk on everything and make sure that everyone feels good all the time. When I think back to when I had the most traction with my personal brand, it was when I didn't give a fuck. When I was just like, maybe I was too naive to, to think that, you know, oh, I don't hope this, people don't take this the wrong way. And it's not like I'm walking on eggshells, but I just feel like the last few years, especially maybe because it is because we did scale the business and there has been more visibility and things like that, or even just maybe the social climate a little bit and all that kind of stuff. It feels very, it has felt very, um, I don't want to say risky, but it has felt a little bit like, um, just, you got to be safer. And I'm kind of like, but that, that should not build the business. Like (laughs) not like it's too vanilla. It's too watered down. And so when I say zero fucks error, I more, more just meant like, I want to just peel off that last layer of like giving a fuck and just being a little bit less apologetic about being how I am. Yeah. I think a lot of people are kind of hitting that space now. And I really think it's not just you that watered things down. I really feel like 2020 and cancel culture really made Mm. a lot of us dial back what we were saying. I think what we saw was a lot of people who were always speaking their truth got canceled, got called out. Um, There was this, you can't say the right thing and you, you have to say something, but if you don't say something, you're in trouble for saying, for not saying something. But then if you do say something, it's wrong. So there was this air, there was this time of like, it's scary to say anything because you don't feel like you can say the right thing. And I, I feel like a lot of that is shifting. I feel like Gen Z actually gives less fucks about the um, political correctness of everything. I believe so, at least from some of the like 22 to 25 year olds I've talked to. They just seem to care less about that, which I think is a step in the right direction. I think that for a while it was important and it is important to still watch our language and how we speak. But I also think that uh, I don't know if it's millennials to blame or what, but that a lot of this... Uh, age group has taken things too much to an extreme and been a little too sensitive in some things. Some things it's it's been like, okay. And there's been some course corrections, you know, like some of the things like the Me Too movement made a big, like it was really helpful to cap, to shine some light on people and problems. But then it also made it hard for like, you'd see regular guys feeling like they can't say anything or they can't do anything. And it's like, okay, it's not about you. But also it was hard to tell, like, who is it about? Because there was so much overcorrection and people being crazy and negative. And that's just one example. There was racism in there. There's like wars in there. There's politics in there. And it was almost like vaccines. Really, yes, like you couldn't say or do anything right, or, or you couldn't not say anything. And so I, I don't think it's your fault or you're to blame, but I think it feels safer now. And I'm like, I'm all for it. I'm like, yes, please be more, be more. I don't even are. think it's safe or not safe. Like, or it wasn't. Or not, like when you were saying you can't say the right thing. Mm-hmm. I think that's more what I'm railing against right now. Where I'm like, mm-hmm. is there a right thing? 
Yeah. You know, like even is there a right thing? I think there was, it was feeling like, you know, I have to make sure that I don't um, make anyone feel bad or make them feel less than or make them, you know, but like when it comes to, especially to internet business, what we do is not fucking easy. It's just not, you know, I would have said in 2010, um, that anyone could do what we do. I don't really think that's the truth anymore. Yeah. And so it's not to say that I'm better than, or someone's better than who can quote unquote, you know, do this well, but not everyone needs to do this. Yeah. Like, you know, I, I couldn't, um, I don't know, like I, I wouldn't be a great mom or something. You know, I mean, it's just like, it's okay to to just say like, to own, I think, and this is for all of us, but I think it's okay to just own the things that you do excel at. Yeah. And it doesn't mean that you're better or worse than someone else, but you don't have to constantly be like, hey, are you coming? You're, you're going to come, right? Like we're going, right? You're coming. And like, I'm kind of done like pulling people along. Like, yeah. and I know it sounds kind of bad, but I'm a little bit done with, being like, it's okay. Like you can be successful and still not do the yeah. most. I'm like, no, you have to fucking do the most or, or shut the fuck up. Like in a way, I'm yeah. like, yeah. I'm like they're, you know, like, and so I am kind of feeling like, and it's funny because you obviously being my best friend, you know, that side of me, that's a little bit like edgy and a little bit like, I wouldn't say harsh, but kind of, I think, you know, maybe not cold, but like definitely a little bit, um, harsh. Yeah. But it's not because I think I'm better than or whatever. It's just more like that's how I am. I like to work hard. I work my ass off. I like to go to the gym every day. I like to lift heavy weights. Like I go. I'm a dopamine type person, you know? So I think I'm a little bit done with apologizing for that. I love it. I actually am surprised you and I haven't had this conversation privately because this is bringing up something that I had a little bit of a revelation this summer in July. And it's been something I've been struggling with and just trying to figure out on my own, but it's my own relationship with ambition. So Mm. I always feel like I've been feeling my best and doing my best when I'm reaching towards something like what you said, when I'm pushing myself, when I am working towards a goal, when I'm doing something hard, when I'm really pushing But at some point, you know, and during the fitness industry, I pushed so hard that it caused negative reaction, right? So then I was like, okay, I'm course correcting. And then I'm, I'm doing nothing, no gym, resting, fully just being lazy. And then I started to go back. And I remember the first two years, I'd go back hardcore and then I'd hurt my body again. I'm like, Mm. oh, shit. So I would, I would overcorrect too much. So then I just got to this place where I was like, all right, I'm not going to do that much. And I, do believe it's really important to rest and listen to your body. But I realized over the last couple of years, I haven't been really happy because I haven't been striving for anything. Mm. I've been really in this like very complacent place and trying to convince myself that not that complacency is okay, but it's like, it's okay that I'm not striving and driving and pushing. And so it was the summer while I was in Costa Rica at, um, at a retreat. And I, I don't know kind of where it came from, but it was like, I'm struggling with wanting to be ambitious, but also having a fear about ambition and kind of even Mm. back in our relationships with, with our ex-husbands and I guess specifically with my ex-husband that also this fear of when I was driven and when I was pushing, I lost my relationship also. So it's Mm. like, I have this story that wasn't really a conscious story, but this subconscious story that anytime I work towards something really hard or anytime I'm pushing or driven, I ruin my body, I ruin my relationships. And at the same time, I remember during that time in my work before my ex-husband left, like that was, I was crushing it at life. I felt so good and so on fire in my business 
that was to this point and still I'm not there is the, the best time I was having in business and in what I was doing and what I was teaching and what I was preaching. And so I was like, I really need to change my relationship and my ideas around ambition and what does it mean mm. to me? And not that those things caused my body to break down or caused um, my relationship to end. Maybe the real issue was not listening to my intuition, not listening to my gut, not the fact that I am ambitious or that I have goals and dreams. So I had for a long time, I remember when you and I and Lori Harder went to um, Cabo in 2017, I think it was. 2016. 2016. She said, what's your five-year goal? And I was like, like, I can feel this feeling now, but I hated that fucking question. Cause I'm like, or where do you see yourself in five years? Something like that. And I'm like, I think it was right after my ex had left. It was a couple months after. And January that year, this just came up on my Facebook memory. So it's definitely true. January, the year that we, we ended up splitting, we sat in a hotel room like January 1st and we had like our papers laid out and we were writing out our visions and our vision statements and our goals and our five-year goals. And we had this thing on the wall, like what our five-year mission statement was. And when that all crumbled six months later, I had this feeling like I can't, I don't know what's going to happen in five years. I can't make those kind of goals. So I just stopped goal setting completely. And for anyone to ask me what I, where I'd see myself in five years, like that made me feel sick to my stomach. So I'm like, I didn't know what this was going to happen. So I've been going through this since July, really, of trying to really um, rewrite the story around my relationship with ambition, my relationship with goals, my relationship with wanting and desiring something, because I've had this fear, like I've had this fear to even have wants or desires because of the fear of it not happening or losing it all or having to start over again. And so instead of starting over again, it's just, I don't start anything at all to begin with. And so this isn't like this kind of ties into your not mm -hmm. giving up, but it's like have to get to a place where it's not about the outcomes. It's about the feeling and the striving and wanting that and being okay with that. And I think it's also giving other people permission to want to have goals and dreams and to go for it. And, and also to say that if you don't, that maybe if you're feeling like you're stuck, maybe you're in a trauma response pattern, like I really believe I was. And it's not that you're not ambitious or that you're not goal-driven. It's maybe that you're just so scared of losing something that you don't want to create that for yourself. And I don't know what that looks like exactly. I feel like I'm still kind of mulling through it in my head, but it's something I'm really trying to get over and get through because I know the best version of myself was the version where I had something exciting that I was working towards and pushing towards and and working hard, not just like sitting around, you know, watching Netflix or something like that. <laughs> no, it's so good. And I, I, um, yeah, I didn't know that about that revelation and that makes a, a ton of sense. It's kind of almost like we can look at these, what were two sort of huge pieces and two huge life, quote unquote, life interruptions in your adult life. And when you can correlate those two working hard, even if consciously, right, you're like, but that doesn't matter. One's not a, like directly related to the other, but like on a subconscious level, it's really easy to tie that to that outcome. Yeah. And I think that's really important. And it's really cool that you had that download because now you know, okay, that's actually not my truth. And now I need to create a show of evidence that I, that it's safe to be ambitious. 
and that it doesn't mean that my entire life is going to implode and whatever. And also I'm older now and also I'm more in touch with my intuition and I I I know how to pace myself better and like I've learned so much from these e- examples that like and it's funny cuz in positive psychology research they actually show that we are our most quote unquote happy when we're striving. Mm-hmm. It's not when we get to the top of the mountain and we're like we did it, right? That's awesome, but like number one, you know, sort of feeling that people feel at the top of the mountain is relief. Like they're like, okay, but then what happens? They go, what's, where's the next mountain, right? Where's the next one? And so I think it is important, even when you're, we're talking about like building your business, we're like, shit goes wrong all the time. There's stress all the fucking time, but at least you feel alive. It was funny. Um, I think I've shared on this that Keith had uh, he had his emergency eye surgery and then he wasn't able to work for like a month, so he was home a lot and he wasn't able to exercise. So he was he was crawling out of his skin anyway. But I really didn't get to work a lot because I mean I was, but like I'd be like, okay, I need to work right now, and then he'd like come in and hang out with me in the office and whatever. And it was like nice. We got to spend a lot of time together. But he just went back to work last week and he worked like Friday off Saturday, work Sunday, Monday, like three out of four days he was working and I got so much fucking work done and it felt so good. People always say that working a lot is like, oh, it's so hard. It's the worst. And like, oh, you got all this work to do. I'm like, no one talks about how great it can feel to just have uninterrupted days that you can just work on your shit and be like in it and be like, and it feels like you're, you're striving and you're moving and you're, you're in your power, even though technically it's stressful and you get those thoughts that pop up and things happen and whatever, but you're in your power, you're taking action. And to me, that's really where the joy comes from. Maybe it's not happy moment to moment, but the, the like deep down like joy is I know that I'm doing something that's aligned with my purpose and the meaning yeah. that I want to create in my life and like what better thing to do. And and also hard work is there's something about it that does make you feel good about yourself. So yeah, I'm I'm sort of ready to turn the page. Yeah. It's so it's work is really gratifying. And it's also, you know, going to sleep at night is easier when you have put everything out all day long. When you've worked your brain, you've worked your body, like you can fall asleep. It's if you have insomnia, if you're staying up, it maybe there's just there hasn't been enough going on. And I, I think that there's something to that to finding something that lights you up, that gets you excited, that pushes you. And I can see why if you've ever had anything happen like I did where you've just lost where you feel like you've lost everything, where it could be scary to go back and do that again. And it's just, you know, a big um revelation to me and just kind of recognizing it. And I think I've recognized it at different times, but there's something different this time that I feel like the ambition part that that's been tied to it and realizing that I really do well when I am striving and when I am ambitious and I do like that part of myself. Um, like as a kid, I was always, like, I was always very competitive. I remember in first grade, I always wanted to be the first person to turn in my paper. And there was another kid, there was another kid named Jeffrey who would sometimes finish his, his work like two seconds before, but we'd all like, you know, the paper, the teacher would pass out all the worksheets and I don't know why everything was a competition. I thought it was a race, but I would get my worksheet and I would run to the front of the class to put it in the bin. And sometimes Jeffrey would be done before me and I would put my paper below his, like, like the teacher cares who got it done first. But that's just who I've been and that's who I am. I mean, at my core, that's me as a first grader is like doing things fast and competitively and I'm just going. And so when I have 
over the last few years just kind of have lost that. There's just been a piece of me that is not fulfilled because I don't, I'm not striving for something. Not that I need to be racing somebody, but um, like racing myself, you know? Right. And and I think to, to your point of the not giving a fuck, there was also a big piece for me personally, at least maybe if it wasn't for you, is during the pandemic as well. Uh, and when I say pandemic, I pretty much mean 2020 to 2022. Um, the last couple of years is I also felt stifled by what I could say and couldn't say online too. And and it wasn't just about like what I could say and what I couldn't say, but it was about being sensitive to everybody and not knowing and feeling like people's feelings were going to get hurt. And ultimately people's feelings are going to get hurt and people are going to choose to say, you know, uh, understand things, how they understand them and read into things, how they want to read. And I was looking at some pages um, today, just like scrolling through Instagram and the bigger the pages are, the more you're going to have those weird commenters that are going to take things out of context or however they're said, but also you have your like longtime fans that also just stand up for you in the comments. Like they'll comment back to those people. I was reading something today and somebody made the dumbest comment, but there was like 40 comments replying to that. And the, the, the original poster didn't even say anything. Like they got called out by everyone else in the comment section. So it tends to take care of itself these days. And I think there's room for all, for all opinions, really, you know, think about it. There is, there's, if you believe so strongly in one thing, you're going to find someone just as strongly in their beliefs on the exact opposite thing. And that's always going to be true. And so you might as well just say what you really want to say, or just really for me, it's more about not necessarily saying, I mean, I guess that's part of it, but really it's just like fully showing up like that. Yeah, I was even finding myself like, I don't know, I had this post that was just like, Sometimes you got to fucking work at this shit. Like literally that like summarizes my entire personality. Yeah. <laughs> like, but then I have like to have an asterisk to be like, well, but also you need to rest. You should make sure you rest. And I'm like, I'm talking to grown adults. Yeah. Like imagine just being so fragile that like you're scrolling through and someone else working hard makes you feel not good enough. Like let's all be better. Let's all and, – and look, I'm, I'm human too and I certainly get triggered on social for sure. But at least I go, it's not about them. What about me is feeling some kind of way when Mm -hmm. I see this person's success or I see this person's, I don't know, opinion or whatever. You know, it's it's hard because – not that it's hard, but I even find myself sometimes and I am a strong woman and I have beliefs and I have – you know, and I'm pretty direct with how I, you know, communicate those beliefs. So I think that some people can be turned off by the way I show up online and – and that, you know, it don't let's say it hurts my feelings, but sometimes I'm like, oh, like if a fr- someone I feel like we're friends with, like on follows or whatever, I'm like, oh, I wonder. And I'm like, I'm sure it's just the general way I show up. And it's not that I can change that, but I also, but I'll, it's almost interesting to see, I follow a couple other women who are kind of similar in how they show up, unapologetic, confident. And I find myself being like a little bit like, who does she think she is? Mm-hmm. I got to fucking check myself because I'm mm-hmm. like, Jill, this is how you are. This is how people feel about you. Yeah. And it doesn't mean I can control how someone sees me, but it's like, walk your walk, right? If you're like, you want to be unapologetic, you want to be confident, you want to show other women that it's possible to to be successful and be confident, then you can't talk shit or feel some kind of way when you see another woman 
fucking crushing it and embodying confidence and leading from the front and going first and all the things that you say you stand for. So it's a good reminder to me and maybe to some of the listeners who maybe do find themselves feeling some kind of way. It's not like a jealousy. It's not an envy. It's just more like we see so few women show up like that, that sometimes it can take you back. And I have to kind of remind myself of like, it's a mirror. Yeah. You know, and like, how do I want to handle that? So I've, I've been like leaning into that. I've been really trying to like support uh, women who I feel like are similar in that and that they are confident and they are the sort of beacon of what's possible for other women. Because the majority of women in general, it's huge generalization, mm-hmm. are apologetic. They are like, is it okay? Am I okay? Are you sure it's fine if I, you know, like we just had our Black Friday sales and a lot of my new FBA students were like, I was so scared to sell and ask for money. But then like they did and then they made sales and you know what I mean? And so it's like, it's adorable, but I'm like, why? You have something amazing here. Why are we scared to just do what everyone else is doing? And no offense to men, but like men don't worry about that shit. They're not like, am I good enough? Like they probably should be a little bit more like (laughs) Donald Trump, right? Like they should probably a little bit more like, but I want women to feel in their power and I want them to know that they are powerful and show up in that way. And I was like, well, Jill, you know, you might have to go first mm-hmm. and let the chips fall. Mm-hmm. I love it so much. Well, I love this uh, not giving a fuck era or whatever you're calling <laughs> we'll it. Danny trolled me on on threads. She was like, we'll see. <laughs> I, I love it. Let's see how it goes. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I'm, I'm all for it. I'm here for it. And um, it. yeah, would love to hear. I mean, I know people say once you get into your 40s, but I don't think that's necessarily true. I think people give a fuck for a long time about different things. We might not give a fuck about certain things, but we still give a fuck about other things. So yeah, we'll see. Anyway. I don't give a shit about it. I don't give a fuck about having a six pack anymore. <laughs> yeah, for But sure. I need my face to look better. <laughs> anyway. All right, y'all. Well, thank you much for being here and uh, would love your take on this. Would love if you have an opinion on this. If you feel some kind of way about this, join us in our closed Facebook group. You can go to thebestlifepodcast.com and click on the link to join our free Facebook group. And uh, if you guys have not left a review and let, you're a, a regular listener, we would absolutely love if you did that. Go to anywhere where you listen to podcasts and leave us a five-star rating any quick review a couple sentences about what you like about the podcast that would be amazing we love reading those y'all are the best thank you so much for your time attention as usual and we'll see you on the next episode see y'all bye guys bye